Rabbis, I'd like to thank to thank Binyamin uh, and Malka Wolf. She's in the kitchen. <laughs> to thank to thank Malka and Binyamin for for providing us with a place to have the shield. As Hashem, Chef Simcha Nachs and Brachah from each of the children, and the house should be lifted, a house filled with Torah and Yerushalayim. We were zayichet to begin. We were zayichet to begin the fourth chelik of Bilvavi, even though we only learned the first chelik. But we were zayichet to start with Hashem, the fourth chelik. Because I just, as I explained last time, the seder and. We were just just at the beginning. I hope that some of you were here last time, so you have the storm. And even though if you got the safer, you brought the safer. So does anybody have, you have the storm? Some of you are the same have, right? I, I recognize. I know. So it means you forgot the safer. That's it. But if there are no storms, it's going to be hard. So you have to, to look on to, to listen. It's, most people, after after a quarter to nine, are not really able to listen so much. So, depending upon how hard your day was and how long your day, when it started, you'll do the best you can to listen. You have so much to learn. The tzaddik was explaining. Tzaddik's explaining the tachlis of our lives, which we spent a lot of time talking about in the first chaylik. The tachlis of life, which everybody would agree, anybody who believes in in, in in Torah mitzvahs would have to acknowledge that the tachlis is to be dovet b'ashem, to be connected to the Rebbeinu Shlom. So the tachlis of everything we do is dveikus b'ashem. And yet the mitzvah is that we know that it's possible to go through the motions of being Jewish. And to be observant of mitzvahs, to be careful, to try not to do any of theirs. And still, the tachlis of life, the tachlis of life, of having a relationship with the Rabbi Shalom, of feeling his closeness, is something that eludes us. And we continue day after day and year after year. And that Yiddishkeit, without HaKadosh Baruch without the connection to Hashem, and what you're learning is the explanation of the Pasuk, Yisoyimim Hayinu Ve'ein Av. And I think it's good to go over that a little bit, because it was a, sort of, it was sort of, it was sort of rushed at the end. So, it would be good to go over that a little bit on page Ches. On page Ches. Yisoyimim, it says, Kimaduma, we'll just go over. We, we read this little part. We'll do it again. Page Ches, toward a little bit like ten lines down from the top, where it says, Kimaduma Shemilais Haposik Beicha Yisayim Hayina Vein Av. It says in Eicha, Eicha is a is is a sefer which describes the Churban on every level, not just the not just the Churban, not just the destruction of the buildings of Yerushalayim and the buildings of Eretz but the Churban of a Jew. The Churban of a Jew. It's, a, it's the Megillah of Churban. Of, of destruction. When the buildings of Yishalayim are destroyed, including the building, the Besamekdash, 
that was only the soif, the, the Tachanah HaSofit, the last stop. The last stop of a process of a destruction that was taking place inside of ourselves. The last thing to go was the building. But before the building went down, before the Besamekdash went down, there was a Churban deep inside. And it got so, it became so terrible and so intense that even the buildings began to collapse. Just like you have Lo'aleinu, you have in marriages, that until until the, the home is ruined, there's a Churban that's taking place inside the husband, inside the wife. And until, until that Churban, God forbid, destroys the home, not that it actually physically falls down, but the family falls apart, that could, that could take 20, 30 years. That uh, I was once on a bezin, that there was a couple, I'm not exaggerating, the husband was around 77, 78 years old, and the wife was around 70, and they came to the bezin. This is around 25 years ago, they came, I was, I was at that time involved with the bezin, and, and they came to the, to the bezin for a get. He was almost 80 years old, and she was in her 70s. So we were asking the rabbis, the day we were asking, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you guys could work this out. You know, you, you've been going like this, you managed until this point, and uh, you have, you know, children and grandchildren, and and uh, it might even been great grandchildren. I don't know. So whatever you managed to do until now to hold it together. So he starts to say that I really wanted right after Shabbos. I knew I should have. <laughs> and she says, "Well, I was, I was even before that." And there's such like melcham is going on. So we tried very much and to tell him to come back and to talk it out and think. And and b'shum oifen, b'shum oifen, not that they they absolutely cannot go on together. And and there was a get. There's a gap between a couple that has been married for over 50 years. There's a, well over 50 years, there was a gap. So it wasn't like there was something that happened it, when, when, when they became 78, 80, something happened. You know, that, uh, you know, she caught, she caught him flirting with a, you know, with somebody at the Kiddush or something. There was a thing that was going on for, for 50 years of misery. And whatever happened at that point, I don't know, the world of Shaduchim, they were worried about it, everything was finished, I don't know, well, I don't remember anymore. But they came to a point that, Adkan, I can't go anymore, I can't go anymore. So, when it came to, when it came to the Churban, there's a Churban that eats away inside of a person, and then eventually it comes out. So the, the, the Navi describes in Eicha, the most terrible Pasuk is, Yisaymim hayinu ve'ein av, we're orphans, we don't have a father. We did this last. I'm just going to go over this this little piece, and I continue. This is a marshal. This is a, a wonderful marshal, a painful marshal, but a marshal. This marshal describes the navi chose this marshal of orphans who don't have a father. To describe what is it like for a Jew to live in this world without feeling Hashem in his life. What does that mean? What kind of a life is that? The first part of the Pasuk is, we are orphans. What is the, what is the matzav, what is the 
state of, a, of God forbid, an orphan. What is it like to be an orphan in this world? You recall we did this last time. Everybody in the world, everybody in the world has a father. Even a yasim, even an orphan has a father, or else he wouldn't be in the world. Kimein, like Kate says, obviously he has a father. There is no person who ever existed who didn't have a father. Of course, the yasim, unfortunately, the orphan can't see his father. He doesn't feel his existence, his father's existence. Because the father has died. And now the father is in Shemaim. The father doesn't exist anymore in this world that he could be seen and heard and touched and so on. The father is not here anymore. He once was, or else there wouldn't be this child. But the father is no longer here. And therefore, he's not together with the child. And because he's not together with the child, the child is now called a Yasim. What's the nimshal of this? We feel that terrible, terrible gap that separates between us and Hashem. The Pasuk in Kehelah says, God is in heaven. And we think of heaven as being someplace very far away where we can't reach with the airplanes. Someplace very far away, far, far away. So that God lives in a different state of existence. He lives in a different way than we live. Just like if you tell the Yosem, your father, your father is alive. So the kid says, where? Where's my father? So your father is in Shemayim. So the kid says, Shkayach. My father is in Shemayim. What does that, that have to do with me? My father is in Shemayim. We say those things to you, son, Hashem Yerachim, right? When we have to, we say, don't worry, your father is in Shemayim. So the kid says, my father is in Shemayim. I don't know what that is. I was never there. I don't know what that means. I want to be able to see my father. I want to talk to my father. I want to, I want to be able to smell my father when he's holding me. See, so tell my father in Shemayim. This is the pain of human existence. God is in heaven, which doesn't mean miles. It means in a different, in a different way of existing than we do. It's called Shemayim. And we're here. In this world of seeing and touching and breathing and so on. Since Sof Kol Sof, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in Shemaim, V'anachlan in Tzoyim HaHaaretz, that Hashem's Baruch seems to us that He's not, He doesn't, He doesn't live with us in our field of awareness, in our domain of existence. He has some other state of existence that you can't touch, that you can't touch. That's called that's called Shemayim. My father t- told me that he remembers when he, when he was a, when he was a child. So he had he had a cousin that was very very wild, and he remembers that is that they were all together by the Pesach Seder, and it came time for Shvei Chamoschi. You know, he opened the door for Leonavi, and and my my father his cousin. The cousin I never met. The cousin, this cousin was killed in the war. But this cousin had a plan that he must have been working on for a long time. When he was a kid. He ran over to the door by Shvechamoschah with a can of paint, and he threw, and he threw the can of paint, hoping that it would form the, the that it would come out of Elionavi, and he would finally be able to meet Elionavi. So he went over to the door and he threw paint all over the street, and, the, and you know, and he got my father got like on on the grandparents and everybody, you know, paint and. and 
you can't uncover Eliyahu Anavi with a can of paint. With the, with the musagim of this world, with the with the way that we see this world, you can't see Elianavi. Yes, it's true that Elianavi sometimes comes even in the physical form. There is such a thing. But when he's not in that mood, the paint's not going to help. When he doesn't come that way, you can't make him appear to you with a can of paint. So this hurts us. That all of our lives, since we're in this world, we're talking about Hashem's Baruch. We're talking about Hashem. But the, the bottom line is, Elakim is that feeling that God doesn't exist with me on my playing field. He's not here. And because of this, a person can feel that I'm a Yosem. So you can put your arm around your friend. Your friend says he's looking for God. And you say, and you put your arm around and say, that's okay, it's okay. Sweetheart, God is in Shemayim. Just like you tell the Yosem. That's all right. Your father is there. Your father loves you. Your father's watching you. Your father cares about you. Where is my father? He's in Shemai. That's a terrible. That's a terrible feeling, because I don't know where Shemai is. And I don't know how to see Shemai. So there's that. There's that chusha, that feeling of yasmus, of, of being an orphan. In other words, okay, you tell me I have a father, and, and my father exists, but he doesn't exist in a state that I can relate to him. In that I could feel him because I can only feel things in the way that I'm familiar with which is seeing and hearing and smelling and whatever I can't I can't sense something that's not in that form of in one of these forms of existence if a Jew goes through this life without feeling that his father without Be'emis feeling which is what we started learning in the first Chalik and we're going to learn a lot about now all different strategies of how to feel this. If a person lives his life, Adam that he doesn't feel that his father, that the Barishlam is Nimsakan, is here in our in our domain, in our in our field of life. if you go through life feeling that Hashem is in Shemaim, Hashem is in Shemaim. Harayu b'bchinas yosin kipshuta. Then you are like a yosin, and the person who who loves you and sympathizes with you can put his arm around you and say, "That's okay, Mamla. God is in Shemaim." You know, just like you say to the yosin, "Don't worry, your father is in Shemaim." That doesn't that doesn't promise of any relationship with the father. The fathers of Shemaim, the best thing that that kid could do is to be able to not think so much about it, right? Not to move ahead with his life. Because if he thinks about it, he can go, he can go crazy. <laughs> so there are Jews that live that way. And you can live that way and still and still have Shabbos with Zmiris and Kishk and Kogel and, you, and the men could wrap, wrap the tillin and the ladies can, can, can make the candles, the brocha. But, but you're Yasu. What about God? There is a God. Where is he? He's in Shemayim. He's in Shemayim. Shekein zui b'diyuka havaya shoyosim. Because this is exactly the life of a yosim. Yesh lo abba. What's a yosim? A yosim has a father. Every yosim has a father. But he can't see his father. He can't see him. He might not have ever met him. The father could have died when he was before he was even born. 
the mother was expecting that they never do things like this. He was a little baby, he doesn't never remember seeing his father. I was just talking to a Talmud of mine last week that that you know the, he was married before and I was very very my wife and I were very 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 close to his wife it's already quite a few years since he passed away I don't go there without thinking of her and and well Hashem he's remarried and he has children much more children there was one child and she doesn't really remember her mother at all and I think back I think back about I mean, she was maybe, I don't remember how old now, she was three or four, when she, the mother passed away. But, but the, the love that the mother gave to her, she, this, mother, this woman was at Sadekas and she poured her love out. Because uh, they were inseparable. And now if you ask her, she doesn't, she doesn't, she remembers vaguely somebody, something. But, so where's, where's her mother in Shalai? My mother and Shemai. It's terrible. But that's that's a feeling of being Yisayim You have a father, you have a mother, but you don't. It's just a concept. Your your mother is a concept. Your father is a concept, not a person, not somebody in your life. Just a concept. That's the first part of the puzzle. That's the part of the puzzle that's Yisaymim Hayim. Which side of this is the one to talk into? Because maybe I'm making it at the top of the bottom. This part? This? The other? But then there's but then there's the last part of the passage. It says, Yisaymim Hayinu Ve'ein Av. Which all the Mepharshim are asking, what kind of, what do you have to say? If it's Yisaymim, if you're a Yosem, then of course Ve'ein Av, right? What do you have to say? We're orphans, we have no father. What's the tachlis of, of repeating? It seems to be repetitious. So all the Mepharshim talk about, what does it mean, Yisaymim Hayinu Ve'ein Av? So what does that mean? So this is really where we're up to, which we were rushing so much last time to go. What's, what does it mean? The ain of. What does it add to the problem, to the tragedy of Yasaimahina, of being an orphan, to say the ain of? Every Yasun, every orphan. Misses his father. He misses him. Every orphan is misagage. He longs for his father. But you could ask Akasha. Gam im lezoch lahakil. Somebody he didn't hear. He never saw his father. He doesn't remember his father. His father died before he came into the world. It doesn't make a difference. He still misses his father. Because the kalapachos of Roa Achem Sheishlahem Abba. He sees other people who have a father. He sees his friends to have a father. He doesn't know what that means, though, because he never he doesn't remember his father. But he sees his friends have a father, and they play, and they go. He drives the kids in the car, and he sees his father brings them to school. So he sees. So he knows that he must also have a father. 
who gam mavchin betoivu ba'isha atomen bekeshesheb and avlo benoi. He recognizes how good it is, how much good there is, how much how much fulfillment there is in the relationship between a father and his son. Not in his own life because he doesn't remember his father, but but he sees what he sees that it, his friends and it looks good and it's nice. It looks nice. You know, it's not the same thing with a parent, but I, uh, there, there are others here that maybe share this experience that I've mentioned many times in school, that when, when I grew up, my, our, in our little circle of, of friends, there were no grandparents. There was no such thing as a grandparent. I mean, there, to me, the idea of a grandparent was just something like that. I thought that only Goyim have grandparents, and that, you know, in the storybooks or, or on the television, there were these old people that were grandparents. But Jews don't have grandparents. That that you know that Hashem took away all the grandparents. There was no such thing as a grandparent. I didn't have any of our. When I when I started going to school, and I remember very clearly, I started going to school, and there was sometimes a grandfather would come to pick up from the American side that didn't have European parents. So a grandfather or grandmother would come to school, or the kids would say that I went here with my booby, I did this with my zay. And I remember like thinking how odd that was, and and talking to my father about. That there are old people that come, uh, besides the rebellion, you know. <laughs> there, there are old people who are, are coming uh, to school, and I go to the house, and I see sometimes uh, a, a grandparent, a grandmother, grandfather. So I remember my, my father saying that, you know, something like that also, that, you know, that, that we're not, you know, we're not sorry to have that. Yeah, and, then, and my father once told me that I'll be your Zaidi too, and I'm your grandfather, I'm your great grandfather, and your mom is your grandmother. We don't have any of that. And that's it. That's a Mitzvah. But you know that such a thing looks nice. I saw what it was, a Zaidi and a Bobby. I, I began to see that it looks like a nice thing. They always look like they're happy and smiling and pinching and kissing and giving things. And, you know, you don't have that. And, and you see that it's a good thing. Therefore, you can miss a person you never met. So the Yasam can miss the father, even though he doesn't know his father, but he misses what that looks like having a father. The and he wants to see him. You see these people that, you have people that their fathers are alive and they left the kid. You know, no goodniks. That they left, they abandoned the kid. And the kid, who was abandoned by his father, spends his whole life looking for his father. And people tell him, he's a, he's a Russia. What are you looking at? What do you want him for? You want to go find this guy? He left you. He doesn't care about you. He never once called, doesn't care. He left your mother. He left you. And you see there's such a, a rotson that they have. I'm sure you've met people like this. They go looking for their father. Or you have, you have situations where the fathers are horrible to a kid. <laughs> Or, or a mother that's, God forbid, horrible to a kid. And the kid still has such a gagua, such gagua and such a, a, a rotson to, to, to have a relationship and to, and to find and to see and to connect to and so on. This we know. Ach no Adam. So at least, at least in that, in that yasam, there is the rotson, there is the will to have, to have episode, uh, at least to have a feeling for a father, a concept of a father, to want to be able to experience that on some level. But there's another kind of a, of a person, there's another type of a yasm. That his yasmus, his 
his state of being an ayasam, an orphan, has gone on for so long, and he's given up to such a degree that he doesn't think about it or care about it, that said, of. That he feels that he has no father, which means what? Like I never had a father. The only, my only reality is my mother. The fact that I know other people have fathers, it's not negated to me. That's just a different mitzvah, and it has nothing to do with me. He doesn't feel even the pain of not having a father. He doesn't feel the rutzen to get to know his father, or to hear about his father, or to read about his father, to whatever. whatever. It's as if there was no father. He can't think like that. He shuts that off and he doesn't think like that, that he once had a father. And in this person's life, the whole musag, the whole concept, the concept of a father doesn't exist. Only by other people, but it's not a gaya to him. It doesn't affect him, it doesn't touch him. What does that mean for us and the Rabbani Shalom? There's such a thing as a Jew that thinks the way he lives his life. Not philosophically, you ask him, is there a God? Of course there's a God. But the way that he lives, it's as if he came into the world without a father. It's as if he created himself. Or that he just, you know, happened. You know, through some force of evolution, of, uh, of nature. But there's no Abba, there's no father. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't look at himself as having a father, a creator. The same way if you ask that Yosem, who doesn't think about his father, he doesn't, doesn't come to his head at all, the concept of fatherness. If you ask him, do you have a father? Oh, of course I have a father. We think I, 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 I came you know, into the world with a macular conception or something. Or whatever, you know, a fiction, a fairy tale, you know, people will make up to explain things that they that they would like to believe in. Every Yosem will say, yes, Yosem, do you have a father? He'll say, yes. And he'll tell you even maybe his father's name. And he'll tell you where his father was born. But he has a shaykh, it's as, it's as if he came to the world without a father. It's as if he's from a testo, or from something else. But not, not a father. So there are Jews that they live in this world without any hergish, without any feeling of missing or wanting to connect to a father. It's as if they were created some other way. Well, they know they, know they have a father. In Seichel, they know that. And the person can even tell you different ways that we call the father, Hashem and Hulakim and Shindal and Yud. He could say the names of the father. But he doesn't feel that he has a shaykh, doesn't have any cash, doesn't, doesn't even have a thought of the concept. Of course he knows in his seichel that there's a creator. He says, Because in this seichel we're not talking about kaifer, we're not talking about heretics, about atheists. The book is not, we're not talking about atheists. Person, we're talking about a guy that's a, a firm person. He's an observant Jew. And he knows that he has he knows that God created him. If you ask him the same way that the Yasin knows that he has a father. 
אלא שהגן, שהידיעה על מציאות הבירי אין חסר אלוהי. So his knowledge, his, his, his knowledge that there's a creator is not something that's missing in him. He, he has that knowledge that he has a father. Just like the Yosem knows that he has a father. Ach bahar gosha, but as far as how he feels, his emotions, hu eno chosh afilu shu Yosem. He doesn't feel it. He's a, even a Yosem. doesn't feel like anything, there's anything missing. His whole world is his mother. Or in the case of a Jew, his whole world is his world. What he sees and what he touches and what he smells and what he hears, that's his world. With his father and his mother and his friends and his aunt and his uncle and his pets and his stamp collection and his... Whatever it is that he has, this is this is his world. Nastas is us. That's it. That's his world. So he doesn't feel like he's a yasim. He's not like the yasim that's chalishing to to connect his father and sees others with a father and wants to have that feeling. He simply doesn't see himself as fatherless. He just there's no father. Fatherless is already it hurts me, and I want somehow to to connect. He's in Shemayim. How can I make that connection? This person comes to a point of Ein Av. There are two Madregas. There's Yisoyim Hayinu. Ach, it hurts. I'm an orphan. I want so much to have a connection, but I feel that he's far from me. I can't sense him. I can't find him. I want to. That's one Yosem. And you tell him he's in Shemayim. We want to. I want to. But there's a worse There's a worse situation of a Jew. It's not Yisoyim Hayinu. It's the Ein Av. Gornish. There's nothing. Not Seichel. Seichel knows he has a father. He knows that the God created him. But they enough. He doesn't even feel easy also. Yochel Adam Lichios by Lomash Adam Baruchu. A person can live in God's world. Love at Eisay Bnei Monis. And not only that, but to be to be a religious Jew. I mean, to be an observant Jew. To serve God faithfully. Blila Hachsedov. He's not missing anything. Shachas Minchamar. Shabbos, Yontiv, everything, Sukkot, Lulav, Esrig, everything, Hanukkah, the whole program. As kol HaTorah Lishma, to be observant of the entire Torah. L'kayim as kol HaMitzvah, to be observant of all Mitzvahs. Kal L'kivachamura, from the lightest, or what appears to be the the simplest, or the the, the least significant Mitzvah, so there's no such thing, but to, from those to the Chamura, to the most, uh, the most, Choshev HaMitzvahs. Not only that, he listens to what the Rabbanim say, he listens to his teachers, to his Rebbeim, he does the right thing. The last is, he does whatever his teachers tell him. He does everything according to God's will. And despite that, he can live with the feeling that he's a Yosem. Elokim is Bashanai. That's the first level. Say that at least at least he feels he's a yosem. At least he gives a krechs. At least he wants to be able to have some sort of a, a sense of the concept of a father. But then there's worse. There's such a thing that a person feels ain't of. He keeps mitzvahs. He doesn't do a various, whatever. He does what he's supposed to do. He listens to his rebbein. There's, there's no, there's no Abba. There's no Fav. And he can tell you all kinds of things in Halacha. 
was like this, my dad, so my chalik is rabbam and rise And the machni said, do like this, let me do like that, and you can't do this, and you're cutting the, this the wrong way on Shabbos, and this this thing's got a bug in it, this thing, this thing's got, he's got every, he's got his, sits there with his microscope, and his, and he's looking at the lettuce, and he's looking at the strawberries, and he's doing all, everything he's supposed to do. But there ain't enough, but there's no fog. So the question he goes now, Hashayla Besisis, it's a very basic question, the bottom of page test. Eich Megiyam Nakuda Zu. How do we come to this Nakuda? Meaning, Ketzad Nitan Lerkam Halev is Isa Hagoshes Yasmus. Isa Hagoshes ain't of how do we uproot from our hearts that feeling of being orphans, that feeling of, of not seeing our father, not hearing him, not smelling him, not touching him. The answer can't be, God forbid, to make a statue of God. That's what it is. So how do we get past that feeling that that God is in some different world than we're in? So I can't have any connection to him. I just know that he's there and I wish I could have a connection. I see other people do it and it makes them happy. Right? Sometimes you're davening and you're going through the motions and you look at somebody next to you and they're so into it. And you and you want to be that way. You're thinking the same thing about you. You also have your eyes closed and you also have your eyes closed. And I wish I could be like her. I wish I could be like her. But, but there's that feeling of being a Yasim. Or even worse than that, how do you, the feeling of ain't of, there's no father. How do we remove from the heart that terrible, terrible mistake that we're Yasimim, God forbid, the ain't of, not to feel the Barshim, not to know, not just with Seichel, but to feel Mamish every second of our lives. That he that he's that he's with us and to feel him more than you could feel a a a a, a stender or the floor or the wall to feel the Rabbi Shlomo because you understand it's very hard to develop a relationship with a concept yeah even if you even if you're on the Madrego you feel that you're a Yasam and there's a concept of of God but how do you have a relationship with a concept it's very strange thing. You can't have a relationship with a concept. You can have a relationship with somebody that exists and who's real, who's part of your life. You can't have a relationship with a concept. There are a lot of young couples that are marrying that way. That they're only marrying concepts, but it happens that she's a pretty concept. <laughs> or he's a good looking concept, but just concepts. You know. Not and not a, there's no real relationship. It's just a concept. Of somebody you were hoping that person would be the concept that you heard in, in that Shia that was a great Shia, you know, while you were looking out of the window someplace in Bayit Vagan, and you heard that great Shia, and then you married the guy that was that concept of the Shia, you know. But the, as far as the guy's concerned, you know how much of a Shaykh is there, but the concept is Gewaldic. The concept is Gewaldic. You'd be surprised how many weddings like this are taking place between concepts. It's Chaval, because it's a shame to spend so much money on concept getting married. It would be much better for people to get married instead of concepts. But there are, a lot of con- there are a lot of concepts that are getting married in big wedding halls with all kinds of smorgasbord and things going on. With two concepts. The concept that he heard about someplace and the concept that she heard about someplace. And now the concepts are going to live happily ever after. They're going to live together for 120 years in a way which is mazel tov to the concepts. You never had such a chasna? There are chasnas like that every day. Unfortunately, Hashem Yerachim. Concepts. Sometimes it's not even the kids' concept. Sometimes it's just the parents' concept. That's a higher madrid. It's just the parents had that concept. 
and then it's even higher than that. When the community had a concept, that's a higher madrigal. But but they they don't end up with much happiness now. Unless you can conceive of being happy, and that could also be a happy. There could be a concept of being happy. So the two people don't have a relationship, but they have they they only concepts, and then then there's a concept of being happy. So she hangs up a glove that says Fleishigs and Melchigs in the kitchen, and they and she gets a beautiful mezuzah, and 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 they smile and they and they laugh and they tell jokes and there and now there's also not only are they not only are the concepts married, but they also they also are conceptually happy together. And some people can go like that till 120, but. But people who are, who are deeper people, at some point, they realize that it's just a concept, and it's a very, very, very sad thing to wake up to that realization, or to go to sleep with that realization. It's a terrible emptiness. So a person who lives this way with the Rav Shlomo, how do we take that away? How do we get rid of that, of, of, uh, of God being just a concept, which is already a madriga, but, but God being a concept, a thought, something that, something that's not real? Because you can't have a relationship with a concept. You can just go through the motions of a relationship. Just step into the average, you know, step into the average shul. I'm talking about orthodox shul. And there's a there's a conceptual God who, for whom people are putting on film and saying words. When you have a relationship with somebody, the words are sincere and heartfelt. When you're only paying lip service to a concept, then it's very hard to shed a tear in your davening. It's very hard to feel anything when you're diving into a concept. It's very, very hard. So how do we get rid of that? How do we uproot that feeling of... To go, to go one's entire life just serving a concept of God and doing all of these you know, things that we do because of some concept. And if we could do this, if we somehow can uproot from the heart this feeling of being Yisayman Ve'ain of fatherless orphans, if we could somehow uproot this feeling, this 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 problem, then how can we strengthen that Hargashan every minute? What can we do to strengthen that awareness of his being with us and his being alive and being next to us and with us and and, and, and part of our consciousness as opposed to a concept? How do we strengthen that? Every minute of life, how can we strengthen that? That hargasha. Pain sells or suffix. Of course, there's no doubt. That a person has to learn and learn and learn. All of life, we have to learn more tire and more and more tire. Tzarechlakaim is called tire. We have to keep all the mitzvahs. We learn tire and we observe the tire. Avel einenu harayos. But we see with our own eyes. Shaloi behechrech shalim ratayr v'kima mitzvahs moilin b'adam es habachina sheyosem alibush anolach malachim loch nitzav lover eiba ma'isa. We see with our own eyes that just by learning Torah and by learning a lot of Torah and by keeping mitzvahs and a lot of mitzvahs doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily create within the person's heart that feeling that that Hashem's baruch is mamish living with him together every moment of his life. We see that. I mean, I don't think that needs to be explained. We ourselves, we ourselves, in many ways, are the living proof of such, of such a uh, sad reality. And then there are obviously much more extreme situations, you know. And 
there are minyanim in jails throughout the country of Orthodox Jews. Minyanim in jails, thieves, all kinds of all kinds of mushchasim who have been up to all types of mischief. Much of which is either uh, ignored by the community or poo-pooed as as uh, acceptable behavior and galus v'gayim achul v'achul v'achul. And all of that, all of that is is as people who put on film and might even go to the mikveh every day. Might even go to the mikveh every day. So the fact that people learn Torah here, you had you had you had a, a yidden mansi that was giving thousands of Jews tarfus to eat. Giving shoes, tarifas. And he himself was giving the dafyami in his shoe. He's giving, feeding Jews that never put into their mouths anything that wasn't kosher. He's feeding them tarifas. And he himself brought the minion every day and gave a dafyami. That's a very, very bizarre situation that I, I, I don't know what that means. But on a much, much infinitely lower level, we understand that it's possible to learn tarifas and to keep mitzvahs and not to feel God at all. And, and and when you start to ask, when do I begin to feel God, and the person or the teacher or the rabbi or the parents just tells you the usual answer, which is just keep mitzvahs and you'll feel it. And any intelligent kid would say, well, Ma, do you, you're 50 years old, you can keep mitzvahs. How about you? Do you feel it? No, I think it happens when you're 51. <laughs> so the kid, the kid is, you know, the kid is like, you know, whatever, 20 or something. Or, or then you have a younger situation and the kid is... The kid is 11 and the mother is, you know, whatever, 32 or 33, whatever. And 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 they ask the mother, mommy, uh, when the, you know, I'm doing all these things. I'm trying to keep, you know, make brachas and daven. I don't feel Hashem at all. And mother just says, well, you keep on doing that, honey, and you'll feel it. And and the child would ask, so mommy, you must really feel it because you're already over 30. You must really feel it, right? So what are you supposed to say? So apparently it's not so pushy just by by going through the motions of Yiddishkeit that you're going to feel any of this. You can go your whole life without feeling it, and a life of Torah mitzvahs. And as he says in a second, certainly you'll be rewarded for everything you ever did, even if you didn't feel Hashem, because Hashem rewards for every little thing that we do, anything that we do that's good, Hashem rewards us, but the tachlis of life. That's the next page, Yud. Klaimer, Yeshna Torah, and this is what we're going to learn a lot about, there's a way of learning Torah, which we're going to talk about. There's a way to learn Torah that can bring you closer to God. There's a way to learn it. We're not even talking about the material. It can be the same material that everybody learns, the same curriculum. But there's a way to learn Torah. That if you learn it a certain way, with a certain mindset, and a certain preparation, that that Torah will bring you to, an, to a very, very strong feeling of God being with you and, and feeling Him and smelling Him and hearing Him. There is a Torah that you could... It's the same material. I'm not saying that there's some safer, some place that you could buy in Yushalayim that will tell you how to do the, a manual of, of feeling... to feel Hashem. No. It's the same Torah. The same Torah we've been learning. But to learn it with a different... to learn it in a different light. In a different way. I cry... Bemis, you know, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you how much I cry over the fact that that in, that in the yeshivas it's not being taught the way that we're going to learn. Because it's the same Torah. The Barisham gave us the sweetest, most beautiful Torah in the world. We're just talking, we had, we had guests Friday night, very, very beautiful, very beautiful Jews, husband and wife. From Israel, very special people. And they go, they, they've made a few trips to India. 
you know that there are thousands of Israelis in India? They go on vacations and trips to Chabad because they are trying to help them out, you know. There are thousands and thousands of Jews that are going looking for Avodah Zarah for spirituality in India. Thousands. I heard about this, but then I didn't know that, that then there are thousands of them to come back and they have in Eretz Israel, they have celebrations that they make with Avodah Zarah and different things. And they're chalishing for God. They're, they're dying for God. And this fellow and his wife and other, some other Jews that they go there and they got, it's just they got permission from the people to, to talk to them and to, they made a sukkah and they made a, they made, they made a, a, a Rosh Hashanah, a davening for this, for these people. There were over a thousand people that came to daven Rosh Hashanah, a thousand Jews. Everybody else in Eretz Yisrael sits back and goes, it's disgusting, Avodah Zarah is disgusting. And there are a few that go and they make a, a, a tent and they build this, and they put in a Sefer Torah and a thousand of them came. Where are they coming from? These people that were in ashrams in India. In India, there are thousands of Israelis. So after they finish the tzavah, you know, they have this thing, a lot of Israelis, that you have to have like a year off because of what you went through, whatever. They're at the most vulnerable, sensitive time of their lives and they go looking, they're looking for something. They, they, they leave Yushalayim to go to India to find spirituality. Right? They're leaving Yushalayim to go looking for, for, for something. Look for God. So, don't you feel like tearing your hair out? The Torah doesn't have God in it. Did they go? Have, did they go to? That I told you once that I heard. That I heard myself from a, when I was in California. That I heard from a Chashavid over there. That he sat. He was with Shlomo Kalabach. They went to see the Dalai Lama. You heard of the Dalai Lama? Dalai has he has hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of followers. This person, he's a very nice man. He's a very fine person, the Dalai Lama. And the and, and Zavad Zara. He has thousands of Jews that go to him. You know that, to the Dalai Lama. So when I was in California around 12, 13 years ago, I was there talking. There was a Lubavitcher guy there, a very very nice guy, with his wife, and we were talking. He told me, I once told this to you. He told me that he went with Shlomo Kalbach. And they had an appointment, and they went to meet the they went to meet the Dalai Lama. He was very, very respectful, and they spoke to him. And Shlomo Kalabach said to the Dalai Lama, so Dalai Lama said to him, Shlomo, he knows him. He said, Shlomo, what, is, what 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 can I do for you? And Shlomo and Shlomo Kalabach said, he said, I I'm, I came here to get, I'm asking you to give us back our people, our Jews. I want our Jews back. Give them back to us. So Dalai Lama said. Shlomo, you could have them all back. I'm not trying to keep them. What do you have planned for them? What are you going to do with them? Where are they going to study Torah? What are you going to do with them? What future do they have? And this person, Lubavitcher, told me that, that, that Shlomo didn't know what to say. He just started to cry. He was crying and crying and crying. He didn't have a good answer. What do you mean to have a good answer? Why can't you say, I'll send to this yeshiva? And they put, take, out, take out the director of yeshivas and show them all the yeshivas. Because... Who knew better than him about the Zebrachenkeit from from that world and the, and 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 how do you teach the Torah that will that will be that 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 these Jews who are looking for something looking for something that they should be able to see that it's all in the Torah everything's in the Torah. So what he says is There's a way to learn Torah. There's a way to teach Torah that will that will bring God into the room of each and every student. They will make God a part of your life. There's a way. The Torah has that in it. It's not different material. 
You know, you know, the boys don't, the boys don't have to stop learning Gemara. The girls don't stop learning Chumash Rashi. We're going to have the same curriculum. The same curriculum. But Torah with the Rabbi Shalom. Is that so hard? I, for, I can't understand why it can't be done. Torah with the Rabbi Shalom. It sounds like it's a novel concept. Torah with the Rabbi Shalom. There are, there, and there are rebellions that are trying. It's not like it's... There are people who are trying, but it's like, almost like a voice in the wilderness. Tyra with the Rabbi That's a Tyra, the same material. But when you teach it in the way we're going to learn, so then a person has a father. And the father is with him in the room. And every single word that you're learning, when you're learning, every single every single word, like the Balshantav HaKadosh said, to, to, you know, to, to stop every now and then in the middle of learning and to, and to, and to talk to HaKadosh Baruch and to, and to ask him, Rabbi Shalom, help me understand what I'm learning. Open up my mind to understand this sentence of the Gemara. It's hard for me to learn with the Rabbi Shalom. Not to learn, to be able to slug up. You know what I mean? To slug up, to show you're smarter than the Rebbe. <coughs> to show you're smarter than your Chavusa. Or to be able to, people should say, you know, you guy's a brilliant guy. Tell you without the Rabbi Shalom. That's what all the Balshantav HaKadosh was crying about and talking about. When he spoke in, in his generation, in afterwards, the Taldas Yaakov Yosef, his great student, in his Sefer, wrote about Shaden Yudarin, about rabbis who he called Jewish demons. Rabbanim, who he called Shaden Yudarin, it's a language from the Zohar. Jewish devils, he called them. That's why they were burning the Swarm in public. What did he mean by that? He said, Rabbanim, who are teaching Torah without Rabbanim Shalom, without God. There's no, there's nothing about God. So there's a way that Torah can be taught, the normal, natural way, and the and the way that God gave us the Torah. He gave the Torah to us with fire, you know. He didn't give the Torah with ice. He gave it with fire. And there's a and and therefore the Torah, Yeshna Torah, Shabakaychel Akaravis Adam Lekainai. There's a Torah that has the strength to bring a Jew for this feeling that I have a father. Vyeshna Torah, but there's a Torah that could be the Torah could be learned in such a way. Shaloi beherchach malida by his regesh akiv lekishbal. It doesn't necessarily bring you to any any feeling of God. And by you telling your kid, learn Torah, learn Torah, learn Torah, learn Torah, learn Torah, you'll see that you'll feel God. Should we go to interview the boys in yeshiva? In every yeshiva, you have a couple like that, and you know those are like the rebellious ones. Those are the the the, the ones that are not so conventional. You know, that the, they get up on. You know, for davening early, and they daven longer, and they, and they, and they, you know, they work on on their avodas Hashem a lot. You know, they, those are the those are more of the uh, misfits than the than just the you know the smart the smart ones that can answer a good question. So the, so the answer just go to yeshiva, learn, 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 and you'll see you get close to God. Not Bavka. There are boys that are, that are, that are chalishing for God and they don't know what to do because they can't find it in the institutional Yiddishkeit. They don't find the institution. That's what the, that's what the Dalai Lama was saying to Shalom. Uh, that's what he was saying to. And the truth is that I myself heard that that, that, that person, Dalai Lama, he tells Jews, you're Jewish, go, go to be with Jews. He's not trying to take away Jews. But Jews are running to him. They're running away from Yerushalayim to look for, to look for spirituality, because they don't think that it's in the Torah. Because the Torah that they got, whatever that was, if they got any at all, they got a little bit. It was the Torah that doesn't that doesn't 
have God in it. Same words. It's Pashas Chayesara. But there's a way to learn Pashas Chayesara. There's a way to learn Pashas Chayesara. And if you learn Pashas Chayesara with God in it, then the children feel God. If you learn Pashas Chayesara without God, then it's just a story. And there's only so much you can get out of a story without God in it. So, it's the same thing when it comes to davening. So, what's the avoid of davening? So, it's the craziest thing, because the whole, the whole, nobody's, what's davening? Davening is talking to God. So, the whole, it seems very strange to stand in a room and talk to, uh, talk to who? If there's nobody there, like who are you talking to? But you see that people don't want to, people have a hard time davening. They come late, they leave early, while they're there, they're talking to other people. They don't want to really do it, but they have to, it's a halachas, they do it. But, whatever I can get away with without, but it's but davening is a very hard thing because the whole inning of davening is talking to God. But if God is not there, then that's really strange. And he gives and he gives a marshal of that, which which we're not going to get to the whole marshal now. But that's a very strange thing to spend your whole life just mumbling things to the wall, and that's why you lose your cheshek after a while. You lose your cheshek. I mean, how, how long can you go on talking to a wall? Or, or again, talking to a concept. That's not much fun. Talking to a concept. It's not much fun. He gives the muscle, which we're going to get to next time. The muscle, it's not the same thing talking to an answering machine as opposed to talking to a, a person. It's so frustrating nowadays and you have to, even just to take care of things in the house, not that I ever do any of those things, but my wife tells me how frustrating it is when she calls up and you can't get a human being. You can't get a person. Everything, it's just machines. You can't even get a person. Could so could you imagine if that's if that's someone that you that supposedly loves you and you only get an answering machine? <laughs> what kind of life that is? So you're married and you sit in the room, and you and you 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 come into your house and you sit down at the kitchen table, and there's a machine and it has your husband's name on it, and 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 uh, you sit down and you say, "How was your day, dear? My day was fine. How was yours?" That's a relationship. It's not a relationship. It's a it's a it's a recording. It's not even live. It's a recording. So how can you dive like that day after day, year after year, to a concept? So avoid us The whole practice of davening is that a person should feel I'm talking to my father. Not to the concept, not to something in Shemaim. I'm talking to him. He's here, Mamish with me. He's in my mouth. He's in my head. I'm talking to him. The one who created me. Every second is giving me life. Every second. He's the one who's deciding right now exactly what's going to be with me this day and what's going to happen to me. But we see that not all davening. That's what davening is supposed to be. But we don't see the davening... We don't see the davening necessarily creates such a feeling in people. Tell people davening, they'll tell you this, that's the thing that people tell you that's the worst thing about Yiddishkeit is davening. They can't stand it. The, the children when they're being asked in high school about the, the thing that they dread most about being from is davening. They dread it. Because, you know, day after day. So you give the kid a smack and tell him, look in the head, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Do this, do that. But if there's no relationship, then what? So davening, just just saying the words doesn't necessarily do that. You have to daven with the Rebbeinu Shalom too. 
And there's a way to daven like that. And we have to learn how to daven with the Rabbi Shalom. Not about him, but to daven to him and to feel him there. But not every davening, not every davening is like that. And to understand this more, we're going to work on a moshal. But this moshal goes on for the next two pages or so. So we're going to continue here with the Indian of Tefillah and how, and how Tefillah could also be in such a way. And of course the tachlis of describing the problem is only that the rest of the, the, rest of the Sefer is helping us solve the problem. We're working together, does Hashem, on, on learning and davening in Yiddishkeit that's that's with the Father, and the Father is with us, and we feel His presence. Not only to talk about it, but to actually live that way.